1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of One Colonial Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by faketeams.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by Just Clark Barnes, Mr. Class Jordan Smith, the man, the myth, the legend, Jinja, Nick. Guys, the boys are back in town. How are we doing?
2: Doing Woo. great. Woo. Doing oh. good. Got the gang back together.
1: I, it, I feel like there's so much to get caught up on both football wise and just like personal life wise. It's been, it's been forever.
0: It's
1: It's amazing how, how, even though we talk to each other twice a week when that, when you don't do that, it's, there's such an emptiness that's left in my, in my daily routine. Should we just talk about our love lives? I feel like we should just talk about our love lives, our just general life, just everything. I feel like this podcast should just be dedicated to our personal experiences (laughs) rather than football knowledge.
2: Okay, I'll kick (laughs) us off. Uh, So we talked about things that we learned during week four, and that's one of the things that we'll talk about later. Tease. Uh, Yeah, so this weekend I was in beautiful Washington hanging out with my girlfriend Katie and a bunch of her friends. Uh, My girlfriend was lamenting how she would turn 30, this year, and I scoffed, and then one of her friends uh, <laughs> asked me how old I was, and I said thirty-six. And for the first time in my life, someone said, "But you look good." Hey, hey! So I have crested that pinnacle <laughs> <clinical laughs> in my life. <laughs> um, I'm at the age now when whippersnappers will comment on how I don't look as old and decrepit <laughs> as I should be. No, so
3: quipper snappers you know, feeling good, good. but
2: cute, feeling
0: cute
1: looking cute feeling cute that's clark good. the clark barnes motto that's the that's the autobiography so hey
0: when you guys listen to this tomorrow i will be 29 oh thank you yeah. happy birthday to me
1: yeah happy birthday job, nicholas my it. goodness does this make me this is me the no i'm not the youngest person on this podcast jordan how old are you 27
3: Oh, we're the same age. All right. So we're both. There we go. On this podcast. But technically I'm younger because you're an old married man. So that's <laughs> that right. fair. That's yeah. fair. That ages me. That ages me a little bit.
2: Clark's
1: um, the
0: weirdo who's hanging out with the kids.
2: <laughs> well, it, it's nice to have a good demographic mix is how I like to describe <laughs> it.
0: That's true. Yes. Yes.
1: We we do have a great demographic mix. Let's see. Uh, 75% of us are white and we're all males. <laughs> Really covering our bases here. Shit. Uh, we probably but age, but age, age we've got covered. <laughs> age we've got covered. We got. We'll have to bring in some real young people. Maybe I'll rope in some of my uh, younger cousins, and they can just really bring in that like a uh, 11
2: year old uh, fan base. Next. We have great representation geographically. <laughs> That's true. We have true. a nor'easter yes. Yankee. We have a midwesterner. We have an obnoxious Texan, and you know we have Nick. Who's we're um, Nick, you know, up west
3: somewhere. Oh,
2: and Dub, um, Yeah, uh, yeah.
3: We've got so, yeah. about every basis covered except for like somebody from Florida, but that's fine because
2: that's well, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, America's we're
0: just are
1: we're, we're okay with never having a Floridian on this podcast. That's something we've accepted. Um, Jordan, I do have to say, because this is something that's really applicable to you, but the biggest life change that's happened to me since we've last talked, I am now staring. Anytime I do this podcast at a signed photograph of Vince Lombardi, and he is just staring me in the face right now, uh, anytime I do this Ooh. podcast from here on out. I'm very jealous of that. That sounds my, like a great piece of artwork. My, my wife, Becca, a friend of hers, found this in their, like, <laughs> Look <at that>. like <laughs> garage or something and sent it to her as a wedding gift.
3: And so now That's it's awesome. just sitting here on our desk. I wish the podcast listeners could see this picture. It's not like a picture of him in his legendary hat or like on the sideline. It's him and a very nice like blue button up. He and looks it's good. Signed in Sharpie. And I, I feel like that's like a school photo. It's and, like a grammar shot for old
2: 50 year old white dudes. Like, and this is Clark's wheelhouse. Clark's yeah. nose. This is <laughs> his demographic. Clark, Clark has the same photo of himself. <laughs> You put on a nice button down, and you go down to the Sears, and you oh, get a picture, made.
1: Oh, my God. That's the picture that he showed, that he showed her friend that was like, mm, you look good for 36. In case everyone forgot, this is a football podcast. Football did happen this weekend, uh, and we're going to talk about it, as Clark alluded to. Uh, this is something that I introduced last week, since all y'all fools were out Monday. I did the podcast by myself with help from the Falcoholic staff. Shout out to Gina and uh, Anon. What up? Uh, So let's open the show with our biggest takeaways from week four. Jordan, let's start with you.
3: Uh, My big takeaways from week four, I kind of alluded to this off the podcast, but it's nothing matters. Um, (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh, My my big takeaway, uh, and this is mostly just for redraft leagues. I feel like it's time to either abolish or at least reinvent how we score defenses. Um, I know in a couple of leagues there are several defenses this week that just had zero to negative points and it's starting to be just based on how well the quarterbacks are protected just based on how frequently pass interference might be called against a receiver that yards are going to happen points are going to happen even if one team is really dominating the other. I feel like last Thursday, the Rams looked like they were in control the entire game against the Vikings, but their defense still didn't score points. Um, I don't know. I I've, That's my big takeaway is either abolish the defense or we have to reinvent it to include only scoring for like when your team gets a sack or an interception or a fumble recovery. It's a good point. I like it.
1: Nick, yeah. what did you?
3: What's your biggest takeaway from week four? So, um, I, I'm
0: a I'm a matchups guy, and and for me, I, I think uh, I've decided that we've reached the point in the season where we can really start to make what would appear to be gutsy calls based on matchups in places that we wouldn't necessarily look for them. But uh, go, uh, last week on the pod, I mentioned it's okay to start D.D. Westbrook. He, uh, I know that the Jets' D is really good, especially their secondary, but they give up a lot of production in the slot. And D.D. torched them. He had nine catches on 13 targets for 130 yards. That's awesome. He's owning like 17% of Yahoo leagues. And I get he's catching passes from Blake Bortles, but we have other examples of this too. Uh, Golden Tate lit up Dallas. They've played surprisingly good defense, but they're another team who sucks versus the slot. I think he was the wide receiver three this week. Cooper Cup, another slot receiver, going against a good Viking secondary. But Mackenzie Alexander, not a good slot corner. He's the wide receiver one. Uh, there are a lot of matchups, and you know I did also put Trubisky in the uh, QB streaming piece. So go read that no, but every week. just no, that deal. There. But I yeah, just had we're, to bench Gronk, everyone. So <laughs> <laughs> we're we're just we're at the point where. We've got enough data on uh, where defenses are weak that we can start to try to get ahead of our competition and start guys that a lot of people aren't looking at just because of name value or name value of the defense or, or perceived strength of the defense where they might actually be weak.
1: This is This is a movement that we've been starting on the podcast, which is the emphasis on the slot receiver. Because defenses have a very hard time outside of the Broncos because Chris Harris operates solely from the slot. Outside of the Broncos, there's not a lot of teams that put an emphasis on slot corner. And so any receiver who operates out of the slot tends to have a fair amount of fantasy value. Yeah. Especially as teams emphasize that and move their big guys down to there. Uh, my biggest takeaway from this week was from now on, you don't have to worry about which Rams receiver to start in fantasy because they will all eat. And I tweeted this out. After the aerial attack they put on the Vikings Thursday, uh, I'll happily crown them as the best team in football right now. And their entire offense is match off matchup proof so for the rest of the season don't don't ever for any reason do anything to anyone for any reason ever no matter what no matter where no matter who or who you are with or where you are going or where you have been ever for any reason whatsoever (laughs) bench your rams receivers for the rest of the season
0: never let's say we get some pasta Pete.
1: I think that sounds great. That was excellent. There's my biggest takeaway from week four.
2: Clark, what say you? So my big takeaway from week four is sort of along the lines of what Nick alluded to with the NFL coaches kind of figuring out how the rules are working and how to best take advantage of defenses. And is that the NFL has finally figured out how to use the running back again. We went through a few years where there were only a couple of really good viable running backs. But now people seem to figure out a few runs up the middle and then passing to the back on odd situations like first and 10 or second and four is how you really get a lot out of these hyper talented special backs that we have in the league like Alvin Kamara, Naheem Hines, uh, Todd Gurley. We're seeing a ton of that this year, and I think that we're going to see that continue. So the running back is yet again the hardest position to replace, and it's it's really amazing to see what these coaches are doing. With the running back,
1: it's also just like the time of the of the NFL where like exciting offense is happening. Like these offensive minded coaches are just running out really interesting and exciting game plans and formations and routes and is combinations and it's just it's a it's a great time to be an offensive minded person.
3: Unless your name is Mike McCarthy and you don't even want to use your strongest running back in every situation. It's fine.
1: I'm not yeah. bitter. Yeah, you're not bitter. I mean, it, the, this is this was your takeaway. Your takeaway from the week was that nothing matters.
3: Yeah, exactly. Nothing matters.
1: Nothing matters. Um before we move on, I have to ask this question because obviously we're tracking them. Uh the Kaibosch Titans beat the Philadelphia Eagles and their offense looked dare I say explosive? Did the Kaibosh Titans earn their way back onto the podcast? Um
3: uh, Maybe my biggest takeaway from that is are we sure that the two teams from the NFC championship game last year are good? good That's question. my it's biggest fair. takeaway. It's a fair question.
0: I, I think that uh, we should at least talk about Table and Taylor for a few minutes every week. Um, and I, I love the fact, I mean, I feel, I feel bad for Richard Matthews, but um, that kid can play. And if Mariota's arm is, you know, he's not shot, if he's not shot putting balls anymore because that nerve issue. Yeah, man, I think that they're. I think they deserve to be back on the show. <sighs> I knew that
1: was Clark. I knew that would be your response.
2: I mean, Dion Lewis is the second coming. We all we know mean. that. We but all know that. I don't know. That game did not look so great.
1: I mean, Corey Davis finally did something. I I think they have returned to the level of where we'll start being keeping an eye on them and maybe taking them a little more seriously than we have in the past. But they're still kiboshed. Show me show me a massive output uh, and then we'll and then we'll talk. Matt LaFleur construct a, a masterful
0: game plan and get get multiple people and double digit fantasy points. I think we should put the caveat in that if Matt Flor wants to come on the show, we would immediately remove the kibosh. No, immediately yeah. the kibosh, if
1: Matt LaFleur wants to come on and, and pitch us why the kibosh should be lifted on the show. Kai is gone, immediately gone. Maybe, so, maybe we
0: can hook him up with an Amazon discount or something.
1: We have a lot to offer on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Some new balance shoes. There's a lot that we have that we have going for us. Um, one thing that we could offer him, which we won't though, because this is not a, an award that you actively search or seek out, but it is an award we do give weekly. It is time for the You Help No One Award for week four. And let's start that beautiful beautiful ceremony award music. Let's start it and let's hear our week four nominees. Our first nominee is the running back for the Chicago Bears, Jordan Howard, who had 11 attempts for only 25 yards. Nominee number two, quarterback for the Chicago Bears, Mitchell Trubisky, who put on a show throwing for 354 yards, six touchdowns while rushing for an additional 53 yards. Kenyon Drake comes in as our third nominee, running back for the Miami Dolphins with three attempts for three yards and one reception for 13. Also from the Chicago Bears, at number four, Taylor Gabriel, wide receiver, with seven receptions for 104 yards and two touchdowns. And finally, our last nominee for Week Four's You Helped No One Award, Drew Brees, who flew for 217 yards and zero touchdowns. Uh, Nick, let's start with you. Who is your pick for this award?
0: Well, I, I'm assuming that all RB1 listeners fired up Trubisky after reading a QB streaming piece. So I'm, I, you know, not going to go there.
1: A fair assumption.
0: Thank you. Um, I think it, for me, it's probably Drew Brees. Uh, that's a pretty bad showing. 217 yards and zero TDs. Um, that's not going to get it done. Uh, Jordan Howard you you score so easily against Tampa Bay through the air. I can see how he was going to get worked out of the picture. Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, something about Frank Gore. Um, and Taylor Gabriel, I could see you taking a, a roll of dice on him, given the Anthony Miller injury. So yeah, Drew Brees, I bet somebody out there was counting on him and he burned them really badly.
1: Uh, Clark, your pick for this week's uh, award.
2: Yeah, I think it kind of comes down to Drew Brees and Jordan Howard because People have fluky weeks all of the time. I think when you're expecting someone to have a great week and then they don't, that's what really hurts you. I, I'm going to have to side with Nick here and say Drew Brees, uh, when one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL to have ever played in the NFL, all of a sudden doesn't get to play at the goal line. Yeah. Wow. What uh, what, do, what? are we doing there, Sean Payton? What are we doing there? So
1: Drew uh, I think Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton was playing against Drew Brees in fantasy uh, and he was like, I'm going to make sure I win this matchup by making sure Drew Brees throws no touchdowns. So get him out of the formation when they're on the goal line. It's the only reasonable strategy right there. Probably,
3: probably Jordan. Who's your nominee? Who's your pick? Um, I'm going with the well-named Jordan Howard. Um, He's just, for me, he's a back that you should just be able to plug in. And he has been a back that you can just plug in and, not expect a whole lot of points from him every week, but at least get you something consistent. And when the Bears were up, I think Trubisky had like four or five of his touchdowns by halftime. And Tampa Bay was imploding. You would just think that they would just turn around and start handing the ball up. Run the, the football. And But, I mean, to their credit, they didn't take the foot off the gas because they saw what Fitzpatrick could do against the Steelers the week before. But, I mean, he got yanked anyhow. Just run the football play ball control and get out
1: of there, you know? I 100% agree with Jordan. Uh, this is partially because I am a Jordan Howard owner and his performance did ultimately sink me in one of my leagues. Um, so I have some very strong feelings, towards him regarding that. But more so than just, like, any game where you have a team blowing out another team, you would think that then the whole second half, especially when Mitchell Trubisky had thrown four or five touchdowns in the first half, Five touchdowns, says uh, fake team stats and information. In the first half, you'd think the whole second half would just be like, all right, now we're going to give 30 touches to Jordan Howard, who's just going to run the ball up the middle, which I would have loved. So, Jordan Howard, you let everyone down. You let me down. You helped no one this week. Um, So, we put all of this into our tally machine. Tally, 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 tally. And our winner for week four, drum roll, please. Jordan Howard is your winner for this week with 44% of the votes. Drew Brees getting benched at the goal line came in in second place with 28% of the votes. Uh, and Kenya and Drake doing absolutely nothing came in se- uh, third with 17% of the votes. If you want to next week be a part of the whole voting process, we post out a poll on faketeams.com. You should vote. That's where I'm getting these in-depth numbers from. So make sure to vote on that next week. So congratulations, Jordan Howard. You won week Four's You helped no one award. So congratulations. Well done, you. That's one right in the trophy case. That's going right. That is going right up next to his signed picture of Vince Lombardi. They're his greatest heirlooms. The things he treasures most in his life. I'm glad it's a bear he has that. That's true. I doubt he has that. That is fair. Uh, A signed picture of Mike Ditka. There, that's what he has. That's what he has. And uh, and um, car. Car. and Mike Singletary. There it is. Pulled that name out of the hat. God, he used to coach the 49ers. Good times. Uh, moving on. Now that we're a quarter way through the season, it's approaching that time of the season where you start looking over your team with a critical eye and you ask yourself, does this pay- player belong on my roster? Is this player going to help me? Win a championship greater than the Super Bowl, World Series, and Oscars combined? Or should I cut bait with this player before they become a 15.748 ton rock that pulls me to the bottom of the ocean to drown in my own negligence and self doubt? I give you America's new favorite dating show, Tradem or Datum! We'll each give one player, and the rest of us will pick whether or not we'll trade that player or keep him for the rest of the season. Also known as just a nice, long first date. Clark, let us start with you. Who is the lucky bachelor that you are offering up to be
2: traded or dated? So here's a man that I met on christianmingle.net He's the kind of man that will hold the door open for you. You can take him home to mom. Beautiful smile. Feels like A really, really good guy. Uh, But lately, things have gone a little south, Chuck. (sighs) Even though things have always been a little rocky with this player, it feels rockier this time. And that's why I nominate Russell Wilson, a former Uh. stalwart quarterback. Mom, dad, guys, should I trade him or date him?
0: Trade him. Yeah, I mean, try to sell high on name value. It, they're Pete Carroll. They, they can't. They can't call effective offensive gameplay. Like it's it's a terrible situation out there. Yeah, if you can go get something for the Russell Wilson name, absolutely.
3: Their best receiver hasn't been playing. Um, their offensive line is terrifying, and it has been for a couple of years now. And I, I think, yeah, I would punt on Russell Wilson. There are plenty of other. Good ads on the waiver wire, anyway, that you can get for quarterback if you don't already have somebody to back him up.
1: That's exactly I am agreeing with the majority here and say you trade his fine sculpted booty. Um, there are currently 15 quarterbacks scoring more fantasy points than Wilson. And in those names are multiple guys who you could likely get off waivers. The likes of Ryan Tannehill, Andy Dalton still might be available, Jordan's favorite man to add off waivers. Blake Bortles and Joe freaking Flacco is outscoring Russell Wilson. Um, As Nick said, he is a big name, meaning you can probably get back a little bit more than you should have because people are trusting him to rebound. I don't think he rebounds. I think you trade his ass. Jordan, who are you dating or trading?
3: Uh, So this guy was definitely a Tinder match. Um, he dances to the beat of his own drum. He's got some very good moves too. I'm not sure if he's quite the guy you take home, uh, to mom and dad right away, but you know, after a while, I'm sure they'll love him just as much as you do. Uh, it's Odell Beckham. Um, Odell Beckham is currently ranked 29th position ranking for wide receivers via ESPN. Uh, he has zero touchdowns and I watched, uh, what I wasn't falling in and out of sleep, taking my Sunday nap. I watched the majority of the Giants and Saints game, and Eli Manning just looks bad. Like, he looks terrible. Uh, There was one point in the first quarter where uh, Eli just missed him, and you could audibly hear Odell yelling in frustration because Eli missed him. It was very much like a why type of thing. Um, And I want to know, should I – try to sell much like Russell Wilson on name value, maybe get somebody else back, or are we just waiting a matter of time before Odell finally starts to find the end zone and get there eventually?
2: I feel like the Giants are really unreasonably trying to give Saquon Barkley the ball at every opportunity, and for some reason forgetting the guy that they paid at wide receiver, who I feel like could play with Brock Osweiler and return value. But since he's playing with this coaching staff and Eli Manning, he's just putting up duds. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended the year with 1,000 yards, but that's kind of a pedestrian stat at this point. Much more than Russell Wilson, I think Odell still carries the name cachet, And at this point, I would really look to trade him. Man,
0: I I would have a very difficult time trading him just because of his uh, game-breaking upside. So I, I would, I would continue to date Odell if it were me uh, and I own uh, two shares of him. So I will continue to date him, but I absolutely would not be opposed to uh, fielding offers for him. Right? Cause if, if someone's willing to give you a, a crate, Hey, if someone says I'll give you Tyree Hill for him. Oh, maybe I, I do that.
1: I'm so torn on this mainly because I just feel like the touchdowns are coming for Odell. Um, and that's, and that's kind of what's been lacking, um, which leads me to my larger question, which is what's with all of these receivers suddenly forgetting how to score touchdowns? Why is this the thing? Why is this an epidemic that's like per- persisting throughout the NFL? It first started with Julio, and now it's transferred to Odell. Why Why can't top fantasy value options just uh, just learn how to catch a touchdown? Why? That's what I ask you.
2: Will Fuller's doing fine.
3: Well, Will Fuller's injured, so suck on that card. Hey. I was going to say... <laughs> In PPR leagues, Odell is doing fine. Um, But at this point, uh, in keeping with the theme of the show, I feel like he's being that guy that you date for a little while. You go out a couple times. But in order to really, you know, cuff this guy, put a ring on it, perhaps, that he's just got to find the end zone. He's got to score wide receiver one points, not wide receiver two points. And that's where he's stalled right now. Yeah.
0: I uh, I think that he's still his ceiling keeps him in the for me, he it keeps him in the date him category just because this ceiling is un is, is largely unattainable outside of a handful of players. Whereas when we're talking about Russell, you can find quarterback production at, at a better level, no problem. So that's why for me I absolutely uh, would trade Wilson. But I, I I have a very difficult time letting go of Beckham's ceiling.
2: So would you trade Odell for AJ Green? I mean that's kind of the that's kind of what we're talking yeah. about. I'm not saying give him away. I'm saying would right. you trade for right. someone that went ten picks later? Yeah, man. I really uh, like Bengals this year.
0: Right now, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Honestly, with the way that offense is going.
0: Is it
1: crazy for me to say that I would trade? I am an Odell Beckham owner. Am I crazy in saying I would trade him for Adam Thielen? No.
2: That that's kind of what I'm asking. Like,
1: right? Like, I think I think I would make that trade.
2: So it's kind of you give Odell plus. Mm. Like Aaron Jones for an Adam Thielen and God, it's so crazy. Joe Mixon for the the owner that hates Joe Mixon and doesn't right. believe that he's going to come back. So you take on some risk for a very solid player and a, another high upside player. Like I'd have a hard time not doing that. with a Yeah, guy right now. Yeah, yeah
1: I wow. I might I might I might have been nicely persuaded into you trade him. Yeah, you're selling me, Clark. I would probably do AJ Green because I'm an AJ Green truther. I think we all are. We all are. This is is one of the running themes of the podcast. You always trade for AJ Green. If you can
2: get your hands on AJ Green. Who Uh, would have thought the voice of reason at quarterback would have been Andy Dalton? What is this? He doesn't forget to throw to his best receiver in the end zone.
0: It's Bill Lazor. Bill Lazor.
2: It's a, preposterous,
1: it's a preposterous NFL world that we're currently f- functioning in, but we are all just amoebas floating in its uh, craziness. Uh,
0: Nicholas, what do you got? Uh, Gronk. Ro- or, uh, I mean, the, if you like man babies, I've got one for you. Uh, <laughs> Gronk blew up in week one, and then he had very non-Gronk-like performances ever since. And now he's got an ankle injury that I guess he hurt last week and then reaggravated it during the game. Uh, he's at this point. From what I'm seeing, it's unlikely that he plays on Thursday against the Colts. Now, when he comes back in uh, the following week, he gets Kansas City, so he'll score a hundred points alone in that game. But with the way his performance, with his performance so far this year, would you think about training him? No, so I'm
1: going to take the lead on this one because I have strong feelings here, and I'm sure Clark does too. But my feelings are stronger. Date Gronk. Don't don't trade Gronk. Clearly he hasn't been Gronk, and that's but that's all going to change with Edelman coming back. Josh Gordon even being on the field, you saw against Miami the the kind of terror that even him on the field instilled in that defense. There was corners lining up ten to fifteen yards off of Josh Gordon, just petrified of him. Tony Michelle's becoming more viable on the ground. Defenses will have other things to worry about outside of Gronk as his offense figures itself out the biggest reason why you date Gronk for the rest of the season the patriots love to rest and keep Gronk's workload easy and and not doesn't don't like to throw it on him in the beginning of the year so that during the playoff push he's fresh, rested, ready to go. He'll be vital to have on your team from week like 10, starting week 10, week 12 onward as both the patriots and your fantasy team gear up for the playoffs. So, you you date Gronk, you might have a little bit of a bumpy relationship to start, but then your relationship will become stronger and better for it. Um, and ultimately he'll lead you to a championship.
3: I say keep dating Gronk because every other player at the tight end position is rubbish right now. Rubbish. Travis, Travis Kelsey has like zero catches in this Monday night football game. Just yeah, keep need, him because there's no other option. I need 14 points out of Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey
2: in Standard Leagues, and then I'll win all of my games this week. So really having a hard time. Nick, I think this is a great question, and I'll go with Pete's line of reasoning, but add a little seasoning to it. You want Gronk. So if you don't have him, now is a great time to go give a lowball uh, offer for Gronk. Good seasoning. Um, the Patriots haven't looked that good. Running up to week four... Seems to be a recurring theme with the Patriots question of are they done? And what was it? 38 to seven with a garbage. They're not done. They're going to be at full strength week seven, eight, nine. And Gronk is the dominator you want for the playoffs. So I think you may have to struggle through it. Uh, But if you don't have Gronk, great time to go make a low ball offer. Like if, would you give George Kittle right now for Gronkowski? That's That's what I was was going to ask. I would, I would, I would yeah. make that trade in a heartbeat. Even though, like, because I can
0: see uh, C.J. Beathard just peppering him all day long. Would people yeah. do that
1: if you were a Gronk o- owner and you're maybe, maybe not
2: pleased with his performance? And someone offered you George Kittle, would you seriously consider that? I mean, I think this week no. I'd, I'd be really interested to see if people would bite on it. Yeah, I'm gonna- I mean, test
1: that my, in, one week. in my head. It's like that's a clear, obvious trade. Like if I. If I could give up George Kittle and get Gronk back, I'm doing that 10 out of 10 times.
0: What about a, a safe high-floor guy like Kyle Rudolph? I would still oh, do that
2: 10 out of 10. I, I would reject Rudolph because there's no ceiling there. He's not going to dominate anything. At least with Kittle, you can talk yourself into right. thinking he's the only guy that Beathard's going to throw to. And look at all this great production that he had last week. And
0: Okay. Now, you know, if someone came in hot and was like, yo, I will give you Ertz or Kelsey or Gronk, straight up?
2: I would... You're going Gronk. I would keep Gronk, but I'm... Okay. Don't listen to me. <laughs> I've been <laughs> the biggest Gronk fanboy for, like, the past five years. Yeah, so, but but I I want Gronk week 13, 14, 15. That's when I want him.
1: Okay. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. I mean, and that's when the Patriots are going to use him. That's when he's going to be his most valuable. Kelsey and I are fighting right now, so ask me in, like, a week.
2: <laughs> he really needs to get me... Yeah, a really I just, I just
1: absolutely love how Jordan has descended into this dark place of literally nothing matters to him, and he's going to burn everything around him. It's
3: perfect. Well, it's really it's good. Some, somebody needs to tell the Chiefs that the Broncos are not good at covering tight ends. They haven't been for two years now. They
1: have. They've been
3: <laughs> trash, garbage at covering tight ends. Fire
0: off a tweet. Hey, by the way, Clark. I'm so sorry to tell you this, man. Sammy Watkins is out with a
3: hammy. That's all right, Clark. We still got a whole half of Kelsey. He can still uh, make it up to us.
2: <laughs> it's not that much. To, uh, I know everyone cares about my fantasy team, so thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
1: that's that's the whole point of this. Po- Why do you think we created a podcast? It wasn't to give other people fantasy ad- advice. It was just to talk about our fantasy teams. <laughs> Time for my my uh, date or trade. Um, my date, he loves long walks through the halls of New Landing Mall and cuddling up on the open field with a picnic basket. He has those strong legs that you look for in a man to carry you when you're tired, just like he carried his offense last year. Uh, His name is Kareem Hunt. And while he uh, did wonders in Kansas City last year, he's uh, off to kind of a cool start. And I know that maybe he's doing a little bit better on Monday Night Football, but that doesn't disguise the fact that... uh, he misses Alex Smith with Smith behind center. The Duke of checkdowns. Sam Bradford was the obvious king, so Alex Smith is a tier below him. Hunt was third on the team in targets, averaging right around four per game. So far in this year, he's had three targets this entire season. It's one a game. And I know he's got one catch so far in this game. The uh, last time I checked, it might be more stats and information. Back me up on this.
0: One catch on two targets.
1: Boom. So that's 5 targets so far this season. Tied for 6. Well, the 3 was tied for 6 in, with the Chiefs. With Pat Mahomes behind center, he likes to rip the ball down the field and that doesn't help Hunt's passing game work. They're not running the ball as much because their defense is absolute trash and so they're always trying to fight to stay in games. Guys, I this is a really new relationship for me and he, and he's been so good to me in the past that I can't I can't say no to him, but I need your advice. Do I trade him or do I date him?
3: Uh, this is probably another scenario when I need like an example of who you trade him for. Cause I'm not that high on cream hunt either. Um, he's been a, what is it? A multi-candidate already on, uh, you help no one for the past four weeks. And I, I had a situation last season. I think I talked about this on the pod where we're doing a dynasty draft and it was one round where I was up and I was waffling between cream hunt and Joe Mixon. Who do I pick cream hunt or Joe Mixon cream hunt, Joe Mixon. I ultimately chose Mixon, and even with Mixon out the past couple weeks, I still feel pretty vindicated about that pick because he just looks like the stronger long-term play. Uh, Yeah, Kareem Hunt's doing well in this Monday Night Football game, but overall I don't think he's had a very good season, and he's kind of tailed off since the last half of last season as well.
2: So I think the Chiefs can't continue to be so one-sided So I feel like they're going to return to the running game. Andy Reid has produced some of the best running back seasons with not always the best talent at running back. So I know you just started dating him and he lost his job and he's borrowing money from you and he's asking if he can stay over at your house and you feel like he took that can of soup home, which feels Ah, weird that he did that. Just eat it in the kitchen with me. Yeah, and you were really giving it to him. him. Kareem of wheat but man i think you stick with him or you try to offer something like can i give you mark ingram for kareem hunt you know for the dejected owner something like that so let
1: me let me throw out oh nick give us your response first
0: i it's 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 relatively the same i think that i'm i'm still gonna ride with him because i do think that um just like law of averages his work is going to continue to increase but i do want to say that um his performances haven't been that bad. I, it, his his air usage is terrifying. And if he doesn't start to get more work there, that's, that's, I probably going to lock him in as more a, a high end RB two than an RB one, right. but he, he hasn't had any smashed weeks, but he's been, you know, he's been in the mid teens two weeks in a row. He's, he's running well tonight. Um, yeah I, i'm probably holding him unless i'm getting someone who is uh of equal value uh that 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 we had in week one
1: so so here's my here's my hy- um hypothetical trade kareem hunt david johnson swap oh
0: no no who says nope. no to that I'm I'm keeping Kareem in that situation. Okay, because I say yes. Perfect. Really? Well, I mean Jordan. I just like David Johnson. Jordan, Jordan's I'm <laughs>
2: Jordan's got I'm on a, a believer.
1: MVP train for for the, from the word go. So I, I feel like it to, can't get much worse. with I think Josh Rosen will be much better. Yes. I think so, too. Uh, I, I also think, think this. I think this offense ha- like Mike McCoy has to figure out that there's better ways to use David Johnson. I The reason I picked David Johnson was just because he's someone who has been wildly underproductive so far this season and is a big name who has potential to have the highest of ceilings. But I feel like people would sell pretty easily because of the fact that he hasn't really produced that much. Um, And for the less kind of invested owner, you might be able to pry him away pretty easily. So I guess my question more so is is like, who do you believe in more rest of the season and kind of returning to their fantasy
2: relevance? Is it Kareem Hunt or is it David Johnson? Yeah, I don't think you'll ever see that trade made because there's just some psychology behind a guy that you pick. Right. One, two, or three and training him. It's just really hard to pry that person away. Yeah. That's, that's on the pod. Yeah. I'll take Kareem Hunt rest of the year.
1: Oh. Yeah, I would okay. too. Yeah. All right. So there you go. Well, so there's some potential guys who are, you know, maybe you're a little worried about. Are you unsure as to whether or not they should be on your team? Um, and we you know, pretty much unanimously decided what you should do with them.
2: We all pretty much argued different points about each one. So good luck, everybody. <laughs> so good luck. So uh, it's called, uh, you know, listening to it, taking all the information in and making an educated decision. That's that's what everyone does. Make your own decision and then yell at Matthew Barry for giving you tons of free content. Perfect. Because <laughs> that's
1: his fault for not telling you the right thing. It's not our fault. Let us, let us quickly, you know, like... Mm-hmm. take us away from any blame RB1 podcast you can add us when you when we do
2: things that help oh, you win yell at me if you oh. are really upset about the free podcast that we put out and how stupid <laughs> i am please i i got nothing uh, but time can we talk about this for a
1: hot sec because i do need to bring this up cuz it made me very happy uh when we posted it out i posted it out from faketeams.com i posted out the link to last thursday's podcast where he did certain sits, and the caption on it was like start jimmy graham sit gronk question mark first of all let the record show gronk got you six points last week so you sat him you didn't miss that on much so my advice was pretty sound some some bozo on twitter was just like "Wow, oh, didn't listen to this podcast but anyone who tells you to sit gronk is stupid this is a dumb podcast and I was like Good for you! Don't listen. He's like, I did it, and I won't.
3: I love when people read the headline but not the article. It's perfect.
1: Why would you? Why if the headline? The headline tells you all you need to know. Why would I? Why would I put in more effort in learning about the current you
2: know, environment or whatever? One of my favorite things about people not understanding social media is by that person being a dick and commenting on the article. It got us more publicity. So exactly. You.
1: And now yeah. all of his followers saw it, and it they all listened good. to it. And they yes, all sir. listen to my advice and they're all better off for it. Because guess what? Gronk did not give you a starting performance last week. So who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? Uh, all right. Last last thing on the docket. Let's, uh, you got one person
2: to add off of waivers. Who are you adding?
1: Uh, Jordan, let us start with you. Is it going
2: to be Andy Dalton again? Um, uh, just well, if I can break in. I tinkered with my lineup 10 minutes before starts. You never do it. Put Russell Wilson back in. Instead of Andy Dalton. And I'm not going to win my best score in the league because of that. You Never tinker. I tinkered. Put
0: Mike
1: Mike Williams
3: in instead of John Brown.
1: You never tinker. God,
3: I I tinkered with my lineups like all morning on Sunday. And I even sent a tweet about it. I'm like, hey, I tinkered with my lineup pretty heavily. And now I'm going to catch some L's. Guess what? I caught a lot of L's (laughs) this weekend. (laughs) Guys, we got a
0: lot we had a pledge to set out to send out like tweets to each other. Like, hey, do not stop tinker. Stop. Set it and forget
3: it. RB1 <laughs> podcast brought to you by don't com. <laughs> but yes, add Andy Dalton. Um, my other waiver ad, and I know this might feel like it's born out of him just having a monster week. Cause uh, Mitch Trubisky defied all the odds this past Sunday, but uh, Taylor Gabriel, um, I added him in a dynasty league like two weeks ago, and I finally had the balls to just put him into a lineup, and it definitely paid off. You started um, Taylor Gabriel this week? Yes. Do you but, have to get again, tailored pants? It's a dynasty <laughs> league, so we have like That's a good question, Jordan.
1: Answer the People need to know. Do you wear tailored Wait. pants to account for the size of your balls?
2: Um. <laughs> I really enjoyed putting it in between the lines, Pete. But no, only only
3: if it's a suit, (laughs) only if it's a suit.
2: There you go. Okay.
3: The inquiring minds needed to know. But keep in mind, this dynasty league has like three flex spots that you have to account for. So plenty of uh, different places that you got to plug in some guys. What league has three flex spots? It's a a dynasty league. You have so many roster spots, two quarterbacks. It's just, oh my goodness. Clearly, I've never played dynasty before. Only one running back spot, though. Um, Anyway, I, was, I just watched Taylor Gabriel during the Packers game week one, and he just looked like they were trying to get him the ball pretty consistently. And um, he passed the eye test of looking like a legit number two on the Bears. I think this week, uh, most of that started to come to fruition. Um, Allen Robinson is mostly an outside-the-hash type of guy, and Taylor Gabriel was just grabbing a lot of the other stuff underneath. But he's also still a kind of a speedster guy. Um, and he's averaging just over seven targets per game, which is a pretty good look for um, the bears. And for Mitch Trubisky, who is not going to put up weeks like this every week. Uh, it takes a little bit longer for Allen Robinson's routes to develop. Whereas Taylor Gabriel will get a lot of the stuff underneath. And that's mostly where Trubisky is going to look. He's not going to look like the all pro that he did against the Buccaneers who quite frankly, just imploded all over the field and, Took a dump wherever they were playing at. So Taylor Gabriel might be worth worth a look on some uh, some deep leagues, especially with these buys coming up.
2: We are not a one person brings something up and then we sports yell at each other podcast, and wow. I appreciate that. But I I do not believe that the Mitchell Trubisky performance that we saw this weekend will come close to happening again. I would be really surprised if Trubisky throws for three touchdowns in another game this year. I feel like Gabriel is the kind of guy that you pick up and you start him twice and just hate yourself for it. Now, if you're in a super deep league where you start like three wide receivers and a couple of flexes which exist. And those people are fine too. Like, sure. You could do worse than taking a shot on a speedy wide receiver on an innovative, potentially offensive team. But Oh god, I feel like Taylor Gabriel is how you waste $30 of your fab budget that you're just never gonna get back.
3: Like, oh yeah, I, I definitely I definitely do agree. I think it was just a matter of it, it was a combination of just all the right things happening for the Bears and the Buccaneers just really self-destructing. Like the Fitz Magic, they left that at home.
2: And I think Gabriel's good. So I don't disagree with the add the talented guy. It's just I don't think Mitch Trubisky is good. And just, oh, man, like, I want everybody to temper their Mitch Trubisky as the second coming expectations. Oh, oh boy.
1: Clark, Uh, I'm 100% taking you. I'm making the Mitch Trubisky does not throw three or more touchdowns in the rest of the season a beer bet, and I'm taking you on it.
0: Clark, how would you handle it if Mitchell Trubisky became a Jaguar at some point? (laughs) 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 But, hey, really quick. Jordan, I like this pick. I like this pick. I'm looking (laughs) – I'm trying to gloss over that. I'm looking over their schedule. Um, I I think uh, in week six, he might be able to do some damage against uh, Miami. Of course, Pete, he will not be able to do anything against New England. But if he's running more slot routes, we're looking at the Jets, the the Bills, the Lions, the Vikings, the Lions again, and then deep speed – uh, extravaganza against the Giants. He, there are a series of weeks there. We're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks where he he is very much in play as a weekly starter just because of the matchup. And look, I'm a, I'm a naggy believer, and I like the way that he uses Trubisky. Um, I yeah, I think this is a good move. And and now people don't go thinking that Gabriel is going to be a wide receiver one like plug and play. But I think that he definitely could have some blow-up spots uh, throughout the season.
3: Only owned in 7% of ESPN leagues. Yeah, so go get him. It's awesome. Very available. He,
2: he probably won't cost you much. So if you do have an extra roster spot, he's not going to cost a whole lot to go get. And that's we spent, why we like, have this podcast, you know? Ten minutes All talking about Taylor Gabriel
1: and his whether or not he's worth an ad. I love it. God, people come to this podcast for the for the quickness and the brevity that we speak.
2: <laughs> We're doing good. We're under an hour so far.
1: We're doing great. We're doing great. Anyone so. who wants anyone who puts a time cap on this podcast
0: can go to hell. <laughs> who, is, who, who are you adding this week? All right. So this week I am adding uh Tyler Croft with Tyler Eifert's terrible ankle injury. So of course I have for him. Un, unreal. Uh, don't watch it if you if you haven't gross. yet. Um He's got a killer four weeks late coming up. He's got a game at home against Miami, at home Pittsburgh, at Kansas City, and at home against Tampa Bay. None of these teams are good yeah. against tight ends. They've all been getting burned each and every week. Now you can uh tell me about the uh the the, the Miami Dolphins being being good, but like what we got to keep in mind there is they had that weird seven-hour game. So Delaney Walker couldn't get it going then gronk missed time with his ankle injury and they were getting blown out so that's a bit skewed there but by and large these teams are very vulnerable at the tight end position and the way that this Bengals offense is humming i think the guy's got a good shot for the next four weeks uh, up until their week nine by to to be a as, he's got as good a shot as anybody to be a tight
2: end one love it rest of season uh The Bengals use the tight end, and Andy Dalton uses the tight end. Croft did really well when he had Mm -hmm. to play last year. There's not a lot of tight ends out there. If you're one of the nine people in your league who don't have Kelsey, Gronk, or Kittle, go pick up Croft.
3: Yeah, yeah. there are only like a few options around the the league who can actually step in when the starting tight end goes down. And Croft is definitely one of those. He proved that last year.
1: Uh, My waiver ad is for you, Clark. It is Houston Texans receiver Kiki Kuti. Uh, cool. First of all, just opens yeah. up so many good team names. There, there's a lot you could do with his name. Uh, only owned in 2% of Yahoo leagues. He missed the first. The biggest thing that 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 Kuti, oh, it's just names fun to say. That Kuti has going for him is the fact that he missed the first three weeks of the season and then received 15 targets his first game back. 15 targets. He had 11 catches for 109 yards. Um, and with Will Fuller leaving Sunday's game with a hamstring injury, Cootie uh, should be able to fill that deep spot, the deep speed threat role quite well. Um, and clearly they want to get Deshaun Watson wants to get him the football. I don't know if that was game plan strategy or just Deshaun Watson was like, hey, you know what? Cootie's really good. I'm going to get him the ball. But 15 targets your first game back after missing the first three games of the season and you're a rookie screams to me that you're going to be a vital
3: part of this offense and uh, I'm going to stash him. Yeah, definitely um, a solid possession rookie receiver option. Um, I thought maybe just because he was playing on Texas Tech with Cliff Kingsbury's offense last year that he might have just been a product of that offense, but I think he's starting to prove that he's more than that, and he can be that uh, just underneath guy while Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins are just grabbing balls out of the air over the top.
0: Yeah, um, as we talked about our love for slot receivers earlier that's where he's running the majority of his routes when the lineup is at full health so even when will fuller comes back he's going to be getting largely some of the best matchups uh in in every game the kids the kids for real and he beat out bruce ellington in the preseason for that job he just pulled his hammy and it took him a little while to come back i yeah i like this pete i like this pick pete i like this pete too
2: oh stop you guys <laughs> it's a good confluence of need and talent DeAndre Hopkins can kind of do whatever he wants, but I'd rather throw him deep balls. Will Fuller does what he does really well, and he's fast, and he could run over the middle, but we've seen this team struggle with short uh, crossing patterns for a couple of years, and now the Texans have a quarterback that can take advantage of that, and now they have the wide receiver talent that can take advantage of that. Uh, Got lucky and picked up QT before the game in uh, one league and then got super cute and uh dropped him for uh who's the buccaneers ronald jones the back that i hate i yeah. was just like effed running backs are valuable i'll just do that uh but i but i i don't think this is an anomaly i think we're gonna see a really solid season out of him i don't think he's gonna become a wide receiver one or anything but if you're struggling for a flex in ppr go spend your fab on qt he's he's yep. gonna pay off
1: i agree <laughs> Clark, I left you laugh for re- last for a reason because I know what gospel you're going to preach. But who should everyone be adding off waiver wires? You think this guy should have been on your team weeks ago if you listened to this podcast?
2: Uh, this will be quick because I've been saying it for four weeks now. You should go add Naheem Hines because the Colts are not going to have a rushing running back, and Naheem Hines is the receiving back on that offense. He blew up this week, so he's more expensive now, but. Still worth 10-15% of your FAB budget. He, he's going to give you solid performances in the flex all year. The Colts offense is finally starting to score some points. This is yep. that receiver back that comes out of nowhere and and really helps your team. So go get him.
0: Is it is it strange to ask if, if Hines could be the leading candidate to absorb T.Y. Hilton's targets should he miss time?
2: They're very similar players, so it's not weird, but I think T.Y. Hilton kind of stretches the field, and it, it, he used to be 100% a field stretcher, but he's really developed into a good wide receiver, so they've started running different routes with him. Yeah. But I I, I think Hines just plays a different role. Hines is going to be the relief valve. I don't think they're going to split him out wide like uh, the Saints do with Kamara. Okay. But I but I I think he's gonna bring a relief valve and he okay. certainly has the talent to absorb it. I just don't think that the Colts coaching staff is creative enough to do
3: that. Fair. Okay. It's fair dog. If we're um bragging about good calls and since I wasn't on the pod last week, <laughs> oh, yes, can please. I just can I talk about Calvin Ridley being the best rookie receiver in oh, football? Man. Can yeah, I talk about, about this. That? Killing it, Jordan. I'm telling you, it he is not a player. I mean, DJ Moore and uh, Cortland Sutton for the Broncos could start developing to players maybe down the road, but Calvin Ridley, man, just such a sharp and crisp route runner. When he uh, dusted that defensive back on his first touchdown yesterday, that was something special. You can't teach that. He's crispy.
2: It took me two games to come around on it, but I think in the situation that he's in with the skill set he has, like, okay, I'm on the bandwagon. Too bad it's too late to take advantage of it. Well, still... You know, for prosperity's sake. Yep, you know, save face. I'll admit when I'm wrong, not like the Jaguars being effing terrible as we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Trade cream hunt for Calvin Ridley. Who says no?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. There's some trades. There's some waiver wires. There's a little bit of everything for you. Uh, Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Rate, leave five stars. Leave some comments. You know, say some nice things. We love to hear from you guys. Uh, Tell us that we're all stupid for saying to bench Gronk and all that good stuff. Why not? Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Nicholas at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We'll be back in your beautiful ears on Thursday uh, with our week five starts and sits. And until then. Thank you.